0: when most people were probably going to Ibiza, you went to the Comic-Con, which was a revelation for you, I believe, and kind of turned, <laughs> turned your life around because you, you kind of, I, I, did I read it somewhere? Did you kind of looked in and you saw that the size of it, and the scale of it, and you were like, oh my God.
1: Exactly. I, I, I Googled how to get a job in comics and it came up bring together a, a portfolio to a Comic-Con.
0: Today on our podcast, we've got Will Slaney, a director, producer, artist, and uh, TV presenter. No, Will, I got that from your LinkedIn. So if there's anything wrong with that, you can, you can blame. That's me.
1: good. Most people who interview me usually do use the Wikipedia one, and that's always old and out of date. Yeah. So fair play.
0: <laughs> yes. Already have to start off on a good note. Um, so, Will, you're from, from Belly Cotton and mm-hmm. uh, East Cork. That's East right. Cork, but, like, besides the lighthouse, tell me what is in the water in Belly Cotton that we're kind of getting so many. Uh, entrepreneurs and talented humans coming over.
1: Yeah, I'm your, your, your second Valley Cotton guest and your second artist yeah. as well, actually, yeah, which is yeah. guess <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I think it's, well, it's one of those places that, that, bring, that draws people back to live there. Like I've certainly had opportunities to live other places with my work. Like I was abroad, I was in America, New York, and a lot of people would move to those places and be like, this is amazing. I'm going to stay here. But it, I think the the concept with Ballycotton is that, you know, people really realize, you, you grow up here and you, you don't really realize what you're growing up in, but as you're old, you're like, geez, that's actually a very, very special place that not a lot of people kind of have. And we all we all tend to come back here. So yeah, like, I love it here. Like, as I said, I, c- I can do my work from anywhere in the world. Uh, and I've definitely chosen to come back here and live in Ballycotton.
0: That's a beautiful place to to live and work from. So I'm sure there's a lot of people in via in that one. Uh, I want to kind of go back from the start and, and I suppose the, sure. the idea of the podcast this year anyway, last year was kind of, we started off, I'm sure you listened to a few of them, I don't know if you yeah. did or not, but we kind of wanted to kind of go, we started off kind of right, property related and mm-hmm. then it kind of merged from there just to onto on to people from Cork and then it even went outside Cork. So basically there's no format to these podcasts. <laughs> we just get on interesting people and we have good chats. That's all we want to do. Yeah. So with yourself, we try and do a little bit of research and I want to kind of go back from the start and kind of work our way on from there. Sure. Um, I kind of look being from East Cork I know everybody kind of talks about you kind of going to MUT or like if it's CIT and own money isn't it
1: yeah that's it yeah. MTU now so, MTU. So,
0: but like going back where did you go to primary and secondary school
1: uh, well, primary school. Uh, it's funny. I, I'm I'm back there again doing the school runs now at the local Ballycotton school. So my my son Tig has just started into to junior infants there, and it's amazing to kind of be back into that that world again. Uh, and it, you know, you, when you grew up in Ballycotton, that's the school you go to. The, those are the friends that you you once you know them there, you, you'll more than likely know them for the rest of your life. And it's such a small place. Like I. I, my, two of my best friends were, you know, the 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 kids of the principal. So I was up there with the principal at the weekends, cutting his hedges as well. Like so, um, is always the kind of the, the joke about the place. So, Ballycotton, growing up, uh, and then into Middleton CBS for secondary school. A good bunch of us from Ballycotton went there. I actually just met up with um one of my old teachers uh, recently, and he's one of the last that's there from when I was teaching inside there which is kind of amazing like obviously these places evolve and I've gotten to be back inside in the brothers a few times giving a few kind of talks there and see seeing that place grow as East Cork has grown as I'm sure you're well aware of in your line of work uh and I guess from there you know as I was growing up you know uh all of my family in Ballycotton you know there was a lot of of, of fishing going back in the family and then it kind of evolved like my dad kind of always has had a boat and stuff like that but he kind of broke away from that, that life of just kind of being out in the sea and stuff like that. And then we would have been encouraged to to kind of to to, to go a different way. And I don't think you could find anything further from fishing than sitting at home drawing Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> no, but it, I mean, the CBS is kind of, as you pointed out, it's going kind to of change an awful lot since mm. you were there, isn't it? It's kind of after Grown, which is... You yeah, it doubles in a, size. A of, yeah, it's huge. Mm. A, a majority of the schools in Middleton Kind of, yeah,
1: and kind of and more forward. new schools that are there as well, you know, and like you know, I would have like it, it's it's an easy decision for for my son to go to the to the national school here. It's it's fabulous school and it's it's you know right on our doorstep. But then there's so much choice. Then going to secondary school, and I would have thought it would have been. The same as I would have done, but that, it's, a, it's a total different place now. Like, so that'll be interesting when that I time comes around. I think a lot of kind
0: of go with our friends go down, don't they? Yeah, I exactly. What, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was now.
1: one of the nice things for us. You know, there was, there was 10 of us, 10 lads from Ballycotton inside and the brothers. So like we, you know, when you're... If
0: your numbers will. Well, I mean, like going
1: from Ballycotton to Milton is a drastic change. Like it feels like we're going to somewhere like New York. You only realize yeah. afterwards, it's still not Let's that much of a jump.
0: From the sticks. But it really <laughs>
1: felt like that for us, you know, like it felt like we were in in, in these, this big place with loads of people. I remember it, you know, I remember very, very well. And of course, they become your friends and Middleton becomes your area, not just Body Cotton. And that expands, I guess, then with, with the whole Cork and MTU as well. So,
0: yeah. And was it always kind of, you know, I, I know from listening to podcasts that you've done and reading up and you like, Drawing has always been a part of your life, um, from a very young age. But were you was there other things like were you into stick fighting inside in CBS? Or hurling? <laughs> hurling. Might know
1: Never I was a, I was a footballer, which was which was yeah. the wrong sport for my local club Russell Rovers, but we had a very good football team growing up. Uh, they of course have gone on to do great things in hurling over the last little while. But no, I was um uh, like a very sporty like like i've played football like when i went abroad i was playing gaelic football in new york in in toronto and all those places which was brilliant for me because it was almost like wherever i went i had i would have a group of friends as i was trying to you know get into the world of comic books uh but but Uh, in terms of drawing like it's not like uh, I didn't know when I was that age that you could do it as a career like I always thought I'd be an engineer I wanted to work on Formula One teams designing the Formula One cars and learning about aerodynamics and all this kind of stuff and I even still meet like when I met my old maths teacher recently he couldn't believe that I didn't go down the the maths route because I had a I had a good aptitude for that kind of stuff and but I realized as I was sketching up these Formula One cars it wasn't the the inside of it that I liked doing it was the the drawings on the outside, uh, and as soon as I kind of found that there were courses that you could do that were quite creative, I just totally went down that that side of things, and it, it, I was just fueled by this passion for it. And it really didn't happen until I was, you know, filling out the CAO form inside in the CBS that I started to realize about these kind of creative uh, courses, creative jobs. Uh, And I think that, you know, it's so different for kids now because you you can learn all this stuff through YouTube or whatever. But I was piecing things together from brochures, from colleges, kind of understanding what types of jobs are out there at the age of like 17 and 18, you know. And I'm very lucky that this uh, multimedia was a new course inside in CIT then. It was just the second year of it. And I had this very wide variety of like, whether it was from programming on one side all the way up to drawing on the other side and lots of filmmaking and, website making and after effects and stuff like that and slowly but surely over the years especially in the last few years i've had to like reuse all of those old skills that i learned in college so lucky timing
0: yeah and i think i read somewhere or listened some it was a kind of a career guidance teacher that said that you should go down the route of yeah my parents brought
1: me to uh an external career guidance kind of uh Exam is the wrong word, but she made me fill out a questionnaire, multiple choice, and she was like, "Everything is screaming creative." She just said, "I'd go mad if I didn't do something like that." And it it genuinely, I realised that you know I could. My parents were very supportive of it; they knew I loved to draw. I just never pieced together that that could be the job.
0: Brilliant. So from MTU, um, you, I suppose, like that. There's, there's a lot even in between it because, like. I know persistence and kind of you're, you're really kind of focusing in on kids these days and kind of showing them that there is, a, I suppose, a life in an illust- illustration as opposed to when you mm. were younger, as you were pointing out there, it was very hard to kind of try and find anybody or anything in relation to comics. But the, the time, the period before 2012, I suppose, like, like I think when you came out of MTU, when most people were probably going to Ibiza, you went to the Comic Con. Which was a revelation for you, I believe, and kind of turned <laughs> turned your life around because you kind of I, I, did. I read it somewhere. Did you kind of looked in and you saw that the size of it, and the scale of it, and you were like, "Oh my god!"
1: Exactly. I I, I googled how to get a job in comics, and it came up. Bring together a portfolio to a comic con, uh, and I put. So when I finished college, I spent that summer putting together. You just need like a five page portfolio and took out a loan, went over to the furthest I'd ever been away from home, I guess. Uh, And yeah, like, I I had no idea of the scale of it. Like, if if you've ever been in San Diego, and if you've seen the the convention center that's there, like, it's massive. And this is the biggest convention of the year inside there. Uh, Like, there was 150,000 people, I think it was, back then. Like, these things have grown now to even bigger. Uh, And I remember just kind of, as I was queuing up to go in, like, it was about an hour or so queue to collect my tickets, and I just kind of saw inside this door uh, and there was this giant poster of the choker uh, and i thought like that was it i just thought this it was that room that was there and t- even that was huge for me and then i just peered around the corner and it just goes for essentially a kilometer all the ways down it, it was it was nerd heaven for me like my my <laughs> the closest i got into it beforehand was what i used to do in secondary school is i'd i'd sneak into what was mccarthy's news in middleton uh, buying my comic when nobody was looking, put it into a brown paper bag and hide it in my coat, being afraid of getting beaten up for liking Spider-Man or X-Men yeah. at that age. Uh, and then all of a sudden I was thrown into all of this and I was just showing my work to everyone, like trying to you know, show it to Marvel and DC, the biggest companies. But also, you know, it, what's great about comics is that like there are tons of artists on the show floor as well and I could show them my work. And it, it's not just about you know trying to get a job it's it's getting the encouragement and the advice from people like that and seeing what they're like when they're doing their job and how good they are at it and kind of understanding the amount of work that they had to do to break into the industry as well and that really then was the the, the massive start of like I'm it's it's this robust for me so.
0: brilliant and before we get into the big one before we we land on on marvel in 2012 is it I saw kind of under the, you had jobs with Everton, yeah, DA sports, the um, <laughs> DFL, which is the English Football League. Like, were they before or after?
1: No, they all—they're all thanks to Spider-Man opening that door. Um, uh, like, I'm a, a lifelong Everton fan. A, a gift my uncle passed on to me of like many, many years of suffering. Uh, but but what's been lovely about that has been the like like it's it's a rare thing over here if it's someone to to work on Spider-Man, I guess. Um, and when everyone saw that they had a spider spiderman fan i i think they did some sort of a some sort of a twitter thing where they like they they started like showing some drawings by by fans and i posted up mine and straight away everyone was like whoa what's this uh and they just checked into the bio and found i was a spiderman fan and before i knew it i was over having a a point with sam Allardyce after one of the matches so no it's been a bizarre yeah i have had some amazing experiences there. i've got to play in goodison got to have a, a kick about with charleston for one of the things we did Met james coleman who's amazing loads of times uh, and one of the matches in particular um i was brought into so i think it was everton chelsea it was a nil nil draw and uh Allardyce had just taken over from Cooman and there was a big kind of relaxing of the rules because Cooman was so strict and no one was allowed near him. And they're like, you know what, we'll bring you in to, to meet the manager. And uh, it, it was, there was an Irish guy at the time who was kind of run, ran the operations inside in the stadium. And he knocked on the door and the door opened. He kind of whispered in who, it was, like, like they said, like there's a Spider-Man artist outside there. Would you like to meet him? uh the door was opened and there was sammy lee uh, a little big liverpool man as you know but like he was he was um yeah i was ever an assistant man at the time just literally hands me a beer and he's like come in here and got to listen to sam's stories of what it was like managing in liverpool and how he'd go around with the local priest raising money for the club and it was just amazing and we were there for about an hour and a half myself and a friend of mine uh who came over as well it was just uh very very bizarre but one of those Amazing things, amazing doors, I guess, that, that Spider-Man has
0: opened for me over the years. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a great story. And I suppose that leads us nicely into the whole Marvel. Um, yeah. In 2012 is when you kind of got your, your your gig with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, you've kind of, you've gone on to draw more comics for Marvel Comics than anyone else since 2012, which is an amazing achievement in itself. But just to to run down a couple of things, a couple of things, a lot of the things that you've you've worked on, you've done Marvel, the Amazing Spider Man, obviously Marvel's Fearless Defender series, Star Wars, Spider Man 2099, <laughs> Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and also the Celtic Warrior Legend of Cú Chulainn, which is one of your own productions, mm-hmm. and it's the fastest ever um, Irish graphic novel.
1: Yeah, fa- so it, yeah, that that launched really well. That came out at the same time. Uh, right when i was breaking into marvel uh and i was invited onto the the late late show at the time as well which really kind of i guess made uh, people in ireland aware of me and the job that i was doing so it was an, it was nice timing they they brought me on because they were aware of the book and they kind of promoted the book and a few other things i was doing um the marvel stuff had just started uh, so we got to launch the book at that time and we did a couple of like signings in in bookstores around Ireland and they were all selling out and it was just this kind of lovely little moment of getting the dream job which was Marvel but also like 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 there I think there there are versions of of me around the world in like diff- like let's say there's you know Spider-Man artists in the UK or in Canada or you know Italy Austria wherever it might be um, but I just had this kind of uh real wealth of like support of um people definitely and uh like media i guess like newspapers and tv shows and stuff like that and it seemed like everything i was doing i was all there was always this kind of genuine curiosity and support about it and i'd i'd go on whether it was a late late or uh like radio shows and always afterwards the producers were ringing in going jeez this is great we're getting loads of people ringing in because Kids around Ireland were, were hearing this and realizing that you can kind of do this stuff from here. And it just, I think that was the, the kind of the key to the start of, of the stuff that I'm, I'm doing now. Um, it's just its just like me. I, um, when I was younger, I, I had no idea you could do this stuff from here. Um, and all of a sudden, it's kind of been unlocked for Ireland and loads of people are kind of doing it now and following in, which has been amazing to see. Uh, and it all comes down to just that—that—that that, that lovely support. Like, even like I'll meet people. Uh, I've—I'll I've, have people queuing up for signings. And, Like they'll queue up for a couple of hours, and they will come up to me and they'll be like, "I don't want your signature or anything, but I just want to say fair play because you're from Cork and you're doing this." Like it's just—it's just been nonstop. Irish people. Yeah, just <laughs> lovely over the last while.
0: Oh, that's good. And like I—I I, like I suppose before we get get a little bit more into it, I have a confession. I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen. One Star Wars, which that's well, impressive at me, this day and age. I know, and people find yeah. it really weird. It's kind of like when I meet somebody who hasn't seen Game of Thrones, I'm like, ass. Ah, of course.
1: Yeah, well, there. geez, Star Wars would be uh, like it, it, it's gener multi generational, you know. So
0: I, I, I believe that you're going to take the unconventional um, way of showing it to your kids. You're going to go from just <laughs> one to nine. A, well, I like, like it, with, it's which just, to most people will sound normal like me, but I yeah. don't think that is actually the case with Star Wars. You're not meant to do well,
1: <laughs> if you want to nerd out about it, like, so the way, the way I guess it would have been, it was done back in the, uh, the seventies, it came out, they started with episode four. So that's, that's the thing. Uh, but the more kid friendly stuff is one, two, three. So I'll go that way. But I, like, I have so much kind of, uh, uh like I've been working on Star Wars now for five years and then. Like I, you know, working with all the teams that work in, and I know what they're doing and the stuff that they've built and all of the cartoons that are around it and stuff. And a lot of more of the stuff that I've been involved with, I guess, would have been, maybe that's not right, but like, but a a lot of the stuff that that I know is from those, that one, two, three. So, yeah, that's the the controversial way in terms of the fans. So
0: you you actually co-created the character, Rin.
1: Yeah. So the biggest Star Wars Book I've been on was called the uh, The Rise of Kylo Ren. So, um, so the le- the latest Star Wars movie uh, would be Episode Nine, uh, and it was kind of the big finale of this big, most recent trilogy. And Kylo Ren is one of the main characters in it. Uh, and without spoiling it, he kind of goes through a certain path in the movie, and we were kind of tasked with telling telling the origin story of Kylo Ren. Who's Adam Driver in the movies? It's how he goes from being a a Jedi to uh, Sith, which is good guy to bad guy. Uh, And so it was really tied in with the directors of the movie, the producers of the movie. And, you know, it was a really important story for them to tell, but it didn't fit within the time frame of the movies because they only have, like, if you look at the way you watch TV now, especially something like Game of Thrones, you know, they have 10 hour long episodes for each season and they can tell so much story. But if you're telling, this massive trilogy in three two-hour slots—it's not a lot of time compared to what we have now, and it's not a lot of time to develop the characters. So, comics, especially with Star Wars, has been a real way to kind of to to fill that up quickly. You know, even if you wanted to do a TV series to do that, that would take a couple of years to produce. Whereas, comics is one of the fastest kind of script to on the shelves type of media that's out there. So, we were able to bring out a book that launched on the day that the movie did, uh, and in the in the um, in the movie there are these characters called the knights of Ren, and we also got to create like the 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 original leader that he's a big part of the story and he ended up being played by uh christian slater in uh one of their shows afterwards which is quite fun and that's the thing you you never quite know with the stuff that you're making in star wars where it will go or where it will end up because it just becomes part of this massive universe and it's really, really cool to see if your characters end up in like jigsaws, or you know, somebody actually dressed up as them in their massive theme parks, or or Christian
0: Slater playing the character. Yeah. so just, <laughs> Christian Slater just playing it in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. And in relation, like, I mean, I think with the comics, what what I love about comic books um, is that the way a story can sometimes be told without any wording, like mm. no words on it, and I think that that's a kind of a real, it's a talent in itself, but. Did you find that when you went into it, because it was such a kind of a, I don't know, niche market, did you have to change the way you did it to make yourself unique? Or did you just follow the...
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Like, it's one of the things I do love about comics is that I can... Now, I'm like... I guess I'm I'm so in the world that uh like there's a real visual language and I can tell just by looking at one page I know which artist it is and which type of and the the way that they'll tell the story and stuff like that. Um like when I would have been learning, and this is a way a lot of people will learn, most people will learn really, is that you'll have the artist that you really like and the way that they tell stories. And you, you kind of draw by learning, you know, little pieces from this guy, little pieces from that guy, and you're piecing it all together. Uh, but I, you, you don't, you wouldn't, that's really, it doesn't bring you to a stage that gets you hired because you're still just using this, the, the techniques that they're doing and the way that they tell their stories and the way they do it in, in their kind of a way. So, but then the more you practice, the more your kind of thing emerges, your style emerges and within the, that niche, um, you know, it, the, what will what a, a talent manager or an editor will spot? is like someone who starts to bring their own thing to it. Not just like their competence of drawing, but the way that they're telling the stories. Uh, when I actually signed with Marvel, and I have been, I guess, working in the industries for for other companies, kind of building my way up to it. I was brought over to, for a workshop with Marvel for that very exact thing. Um, there was five of us at the time uh, that signed exclusive contracts with Marvel. And we were brought over. And we had two artists who were like huge in the, the 80s, 90s, always up to now, uh, Walt Simonson. and and Howard Shakin are their names and they're kind of legendary artists and it was just a full-on workshop on storytelling we were all given these scripts and how we would uh, adapt the scripts how we would draw them and the best way I can kind of explain it is that like it's quite similar to movies you know if you have two good scripts or two uh, and you give it to two different directors it doesn't mean that the two directors are going to make good movies it's the choices that the directors will make and everyone is so different like you you'd know if it was a christopher nolan movie just by watching a couple of scenes and the same yeah. with wes anderson or sam raimi or whoever it might be uh, and that kind of holds true for comics as well. And the more you draw, the more you kind of get your own kind of voice. And, and you're absolutely right. it's You have to be able to tell that story with pictures, not necessarily with the words. And beneath all of that, like someone should be able to look at your pages and understand exactly what's going on without reading the scripts. Yeah,
0: that's pretty good. I, well, I, I love your, your your comics. My kids do as well, because you, you burst onto the my screen at home. Yourself and Joe <laughs> Wicks just took over my house. Joe I keep
1: getting that. I keep saying I'm like the Joe Wicks without the body or the ability to cook or the looks <laughs> and all of the stuff that my wife would love. So,
0: <laughs> well, you, you, you invaded my house in anyway, a anyway, <laughs> pandemic. Um, and I think that kind of, that really, like, look, you, you, you had your own fame mm. in there, but I suppose when my kids start kind of bringing me in and wanting me to start draw during the pandemic, <laughs> That was that was it, wasn't it? Really, because that was the yeah. that led into all of the other things we want to talk about, which is the ITV shows so. and and Sky and everything mm-hmm. that you have at the moment with the storytellers. So, talk to us about kind of when the pandemic and how that opportunity came around.
1: Yeah, God uh it's the last thing i ever thought it would be would have been an opportunity but like it 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 ended up being that as as kind of weird as it is to say but my my wife is a, is a teacher she's a, a secondary school teacher and i think it, it hit schools the hardest the day everyone was sent home like i really really remember it well uh and we we just had a, a i guess a, a 2 year old boy at that time and and laura was was pregnant with with, with our daughter now aria so like um, but, like, all we were thinking is, like, what would it be like if Ty was, like, seven or eight? And, you know, how how are people going to kind of, what are people going to do, you know? And we didn't know. It, it was just such a strange time. And I literally just was like, do you know what? Now I'll I'll put out a tweet saying, here's my drawing of Spider-Man. Uh, I'd love to see your drawing of Spider-Man. Send it in to me tomorrow. And I thought I'd get, like, maybe, like, 100 drawings or something like that. Uh, and it was 10,000 <laughs> came in the next day. Which I mean, was nuts, book, man? Okay, no, I'll no, find no. it. I have them all. I have the first two days all, all saved don't. away somewhere. Uh, yeah. Actually, and the, the... you know
0: what? It was it wasn't bad. I wouldn't mind you finding it. I thought I thought it was pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there you go. And uh, and the second one was was Star Wars, and it, it, like again, like I I knew I had people that would kind of follow my career in in Ireland, and then all of a sudden it was all over the world. Um, like it was picked up on BBC, CNN, New York Times, everywhere, and like it, like. It, it, like the, the the Joe Wicks is a perfect example because like what what kind of happened was like they were like if you like fitness watch Joe Wicks if you like cooking watch this and these are all the things and I was always the art person if you like to draw this, this there's this guy over in Ireland yeah. that's doing this and like I randomly this this very camera that we're looking at now I bought that <laughs> in Black Friday before the pandemic. Just to, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing some YouTube content because I kind of wanted to do some stuff like that just because I'd been 10 years in in comics and just to diversify it a little bit or whatever. And all of a sudden uh, I did a live stream. There was like 20,000 people on the live stream or something nuts like that. Um, and that's when RT in fairness to them, like, very, very quickly set up Homeschool Hub, which was their way of providing educational content to, to kids at home. And I got a call. There was a uh, a cork fella on the team uh who who has been in McGrath's a few times, funnily enough. So that's there was a, a ballycotton connection there. The uh who who was like, well look we we really like what you, you've done with this. Is there any chance you'd be able to to film yourself um uh and be the art teacher for this and you know we were all stuck at home it was like absolutely obviously had a lot of technical difficulties figuring out how to make stuff for for Telly but like it didn't have to you know, meet all the requirements that TV does now, like you're, I don't know, even just to like all these, I didn't understand then about like, you need 10 bit color to have proper color correction and proper sound and all this stuff. But it was the early pandemic days. It was like, we need this, like get it done. Like essentially we need to have an art teacher as part of this, this show. Uh, And we did the first week and straight away they were like, look, we have been, uh, we haven't had it Kind of a, a presence doing art for a long time, and and of course, Artie has a brilliant history with that, with Don Conroy, of course, uh, and and more shows as well. And like everyone my age would know, Don he taught us all how to to draw when we were younger. I had lots of of his books, but I think I think the pandemic just kind of reminded people all around the world that kids love to draw because they were stuck inside and there was very little else they could do. That didn't necessarily involve the screen, you know, whereas they could, all of a sudden they were spending hours drawing as well. Uh, so there was this worldwide kind of rush for like uh, in the UK is like, where's our architect now? We don't have that anymore. We're like all around the world. Like here it was like, where's our Don Conroy, whatever. Uh, and bringing things back to Everton. Um, I, I'm, I, I, made, I became very good friends with a, a pal years and years ago. Funnily enough, because we both support Everton, which is very, very rare in Ireland. <laughs> Um, I, I was brought to an after party by a director friend of mine and he introduced me to his producers. The producer's name is Jonathan Loughran. Uh And Jonathan was living over in LA. He's an Irish guy. He he basically set up the Irish film board over there. He'd been there for like 15 years. He would have been like the first point of call for all of the Irish actors and directors that came over there. He was He's responsible for bringing a lot of the big productions that would be shot in Ireland. He would have been going out like, this. this is what we have in Ireland. We have Troy Studio or Ardmore Studios. Why don't you, you know, come back to us and film it here? Uh, he'd been producing movies and producing TV shows, and we, we'd become very good friends purely from Everton. Like he, he'd never gotten to go to an Everton game before because he'd know to go with. So I would just go to matches with him, you know, never thinking that we'd work together. Uh, so all of a sudden, it was like. Gave him a call. I was like, uh, I, I I'm in TV now. I need to make a show or whatever. And he was the perfect person to do. We we're really good friends. We set up a production company. And I, essentially, without him, I more than likely would have been a presenter on someone else's show. But with with Jonathan, uh, we had our own production company, and it, it became something that we could kind of do everywhere. And uh, Sky came knocking. RT came knocking. All of a sudden, we were making two shows, and I'm being sent up to. Hair stylist my hair and all of this stuff that I never <laughs> thought of oh, yeah. before. And I'm getting it, yeah. like measured for clothes and sets being built and into art more. And I had like the special letter saying I was allowed to drive past five oh, kilometers because yeah, yeah, yeah. I work in TV. Like literally, like, I'd be stopped by the guards and show them the letter, and they'd be like, Geez, we need a bit of TV, fair play, on you go. <laughs> um, and it was just this wild experience. Like, even, even like. Like, I'd never set foot on a, a film set before, in a studio. The, like, our first one was in Artmore, which is one of the biggest film studios in Ireland. And I sent off sketches of what I think the set should be like. And I'm just walking down, get to see the set. It's built and like, I was, I, for, like honestly, like, at the start, I was like, why does everyone know my name? It was like, oh, right, they're here for the show. My name is up on the wall. There. Like, it was just this total bizarre, like, almost out-of-body experience. Something that, like, I never thought that I'd do. Never even knew I wanted to do, but it was just this incredible experience. And here we are now, I guess, three or four years, three years later, really three, three and a half years later, and we've made over 100 episodes of TV. And hopefully there'll be more coming down the line. It's been an incredible experience. That's
0: amazing what a mm. story. Mm. Good to hear, Like because, you know, the pandemic took an awful lot of everybody, but it's yeah. kind of nice to, to hear some positive stories coming over, which is probably what we should concentrate on a little bit more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Your your Will Sliny the storytellers too, is out now. Um, <laughs> that is, I, I really enjoyed that. The kids really enjoyed it. Thank you. It's the you had some really good actor, some voiceovers in it. You like yeah Wheeling, the, Whelan, um, the, the loads, plays, yeah. Like the, the girl that plays a stone, Ashley. Yeah, Ashley
1: B. She's incredible. Yeah, yeah, like yeah very very funny. Yeah, yeah, she's like one of the best. Comedians, actresses around the world. Like she's, she's amazing. What a pleasure to be in a, even just a voice booth with her. Like, yeah. it's the wrong word, but like technically, I'm acting with her. I'm certainly not an actor. It's like, what am I doing in this situation? How did I end up here? Like, you know, uh, yeah, we've had we've had Laura Whitmore, uh, like Becky Lynch and two too, the biggest wrestlers in the world. Like Becky Lynch's headline Madison Square Garden. It's amazing. And what it is is essentially, it's it's Irish people. Uh, wanting to do something for kids in Ireland, you would never, never get people of that magnitude for a kids show. Normally, um, it, it's been, it's been amazing. We've, we've a few more up our sleeve as well for for future stuff. You know. Um oh, do you
0: tell? Well, come on, <laughs> so now's the time. If you've got top secret stuff that you want to get through, now is the time. I that one now
1: it. I would be killed. It's the
0: only one over... listening is my mother, so you're
1: great. <laughs> so yeah, look, it's it's it's, it's been been brilliant and it's and in fairness to rte they, they they backed us and allowed us to do a not straightforward art show they allowed us to do something that's very very different and kind of what i thought would be a really fun way for kids to draw where they learn that they can create these characters that can really kind of come to life so
0: yeah no it's really really good um the one thing i wanted to talk about is the comic. like my daughter she's she's eight now and she's really after getting into comic books my son is an extremely good um illustrator or, draw, Brilliant. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um going back from a young age but he kind of like my daughter are looking for comic books. I I don't know. Like we go around and we go to McCarthy's, but mm. you know in, in in Middleton. But it doesn't have You wouldn't have you know what she would see I suppose because you know we're dealing with the 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 online world now and it's all YouTube mm. this and YouTube that. Like she kind of she wants like the the floppy magazine the cool one she getting. Why can't yeah. is is there like I knew there was a place on Paul Street or something like that. Mm. Is are there places still around d- doing comic books or do you have to kind of buy them on online these days? Uh
1: it's a mixture now. So your so the comic books, um like the, your Spider Man's, your your X-Men and stuff like that, your your standard comic book is your twenty page floppy paper, paper comic, you know, and that comes out when I'm working on say Spider-Man, I'll do 20 pages every month, which is a lot of work. Um, I'll draw someone else colors it, someone else, uh, letters it, someone else writes it. It's all put together by the editorial team and it's out in the shelves and every four weeks, a new issue of Spider-Man comes out. So those are your traditional comic books and typically they're they're sold on a, a a specialty kind of direct market that normally you can only get insight in special comic book stores. There was one in Cork. There's there's quite a few uh, good ones up in Dublin, um, but unfortunately not in Cork at the moment. Um, but that's that's that is those are the ones that come out every month, uh well, every week and every Wednesday, like your new issues will always come out, whether it's from DC or Marvel or whatever it is, and your title issues like Spider-Man issue one is 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 this month, issue two is the next month and so on and so on um those are all then collected into what are called graphic novels so usually about like six issues or something like that into your thicker books and those ones you might find in in easons or places like that those ones can go onto the the book market so you'll see them in places like that or waterstones or vibes and scribes is fab for them up in, in cork as well for for graphic novels uh and then it the bigger ones like the hardbacks and stuff kind of are uh available uh, in, in a little bit more places as well. Um I, I actually do think that for for someone who's eight, there's been this like massive gap in terms of comic books for ages, ever since until actually the the Dogman. I don't know if she read Dogman books yeah, which are they are massive now at the moment. Brilliant. So those those yeah. are some of the biggest selling books in the world now. Mm. So I think all of a sudden like the the comics have kind of aged up a little bit like your Spider-Man and your Avengers book and stuff like as I don't know, like, like people do or whatever, but like, the, like I, I don't know if I let my eight year old see the new Doctor Strange multiverse of madness movie, like, you know, um, like the, it, it, it's growing up, certainly You've seen
0: in... all the Harry Potters will, so I, I oh, don't know. well, fair I, enough. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 there's one of. Two of the gary potters i want not watch and she's she's seen well them, so.
1: yeah i don't know i don't know like i haven't experienced that yet like you know because our yeah. our five-year-old certainly doesn't doesn't even like to watch a, 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 a movies with actors in it yet or whatever yeah, yeah so fair enough but like there definitely has been like that little gap missing to capture kids until yeah. those dogman and um you know bunny yeah, versus monkey books yeah exactly so they've come the along dramas. yeah they're going to start this whole whole new generation that are coming up now as well and that's that's kind of what has happened with comics like comics got massive when i started working in them again because of the marvel movies and that led kids back into it and i think these new dogman uh cat kid ones will do but but unfortunately like like she'll have an an incredible experience if you bring her up to dundrum to big bang comics or somewhere like that like it it's it uh, as it's unfortunate that they're not around as much but they're a brilliant experience to bring to because a comic book shop is not what you would think about from the simpsons with comic book guy they're like sneering yeah. at you thinking you're <laughs> 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 they're built to be experiences now and someone will come in and you go up to the the, the person in the are like uh this is my eight-year-old she likes harry potter she likes these movies what would you recommend and they'll know exactly what to show her and all of a sudden this whole new world will will open up and before you know it you'll be you'll be on a mailing subscriber list paying for these stuff to get delivered down to you all of the time something else so, yeah paying for something mm-hmm. else
0: yeah well, the, the one thing, like, I mean, the kids these days are so kind of in tune with everything that kind of mm. going back to when we were younger, um, it was a little bit different than trying to find anything online, even mm. if you were online. But these days, like I'm, I was watching, because my brother brother's a good artist. He mm. does just from work from home. But like, I kind of had, uh, I had the, my small fella, JJ, was walking past one day and I was watching um, a guy painting. And I said, JJ, come in and have a look at this guy. I said, he's, he's amazing. And he walked in and he just went, yeah, it's Bob Ross. And I was like, oh, no way. How do you know who Bob Ross is? And he was like, it's Bob Ross, that everybody knows yeah. who Bob Ross is. I was like, Jesus, I don't know who Bob Ross is. Yeah, but well, it's sh- I hope that will mean that
1: like it'll make these incredible artists because they've access to so much stuff. Oh you yes. know, they've access to sure. so many tutorials and so many ways to learn. So all of a sudden there's gonna be like these genius 15-year-olds who just are able to dive into it now, you know?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think like looking at at, at his class and, and just the quality of art that comes out of his class. Mm. Like, I mean, they're, it, it's something that they're really honing in. I don't remember doing much art class when I was in school. But well, we just like had our now. primary
1: school teacher to teach us and they yeah. probably didn't like art. <laughs> Simple yeah. as that, you know, so <laughs> they they, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it's 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 good for that. Definitely, Now,
0: you know, um, going way back there. We just touched on in, in relation to Comic-Con, you, you started a kind of a your own kind of Comic-Con in Mahon Point, I believe, mm. if yeah. is that something that you're going to keep on going or?
1: Yeah, no, oh. yeah. We well, we we did another one uh, last October, and it was bigger again. Um, like that, I I'll now, I remember doing the first one. Like it, it's 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 a free event. Um, we weren't sure how big it was going to go. The first the first one, I suppose, would have been you probably know better than me about eight years ago or something like that. Um, and Man pointed were amazing. And I think it's a real Cork thing. They're like, yeah, fair play. You have this idea. We'll support you. We'll give it a go. No problem. We've, we've tried that in other counties. And they're like, what are you talking about? We would never have something like that inside in our shopping center. you know." But inside in Cork, it was like, look, we know you. We know what you do. We'll give it a go. Um, and But they just none of us were were, were ready for how, how big it was. Like they were getting phone calls from, from the bus air and going, why does everyone want to go to Man Point today? Yeah. And like the car park was full up and it was just crazy. Um, and each one has been like that. Uh, so like the debate now with them and with the other lads who helped run it and everything was like, do we do this every year? Or would that make it less special or something like that? Or is there a different way? But they, it just shows there's such an appetite for um, for. Drawing and, you know, nerd stuff and everything like that. Like it's far from the days of me hiding my comic book in my, you know, bag anymore. Like it's, everyone is like being a nerd is cool. Like, you know, like it's all, that's the stuff that everybody likes now. That's just general cult. It's not just this random niche thing anymore it's part of culture now like it really really is uh and and the fact that more and more irish people are breaking through like we've got a there's a good few from cork now which is amazing working for for the likes of marvel there's been another irish artist that has just burst onto the scene this year at marvel and dc as well like it keeps on happening there's a good crew of us now and we're probably we're punching way above our weight um but we're all good Workers, you know, we all like get our stuff done and do it well, and that's part of the Irish kind of culture as well. Uh, and More you know, Cork, though, really. uh, well, <laughs> yeah, like, but it, like there, like there's, there's four people in Cork now that are that are doing stuff at, at like the the Marvel and DC, DC level, and like you might, there might be, you know, countries around the world where there is, isn't one. You know, there's states in America where there where there certainly isn't four. Like you know, and like when you compare us to the size of the world, uh, it's incredible. Brilliant.
0: Well done. Uh, two quick questions for you, and we will wrap it up like number one what advice would you give to a, a young artist that are thinking of getting into the the comic world right now
1: yeah uh it depends depends on the age like I'm often you know uh, asked like what what should my kid do my kid is like seven eight or whatever likes drawing i i even think all this up to like 15 maybe or whatever it is, just just let them draw the stuff that they like to draw and the stuff that excites them. Because like, like everyone, like I certainly, like I loved drawing. Then I took a little break and I started like, you know, I want to be a musician or whatever it is. Like, you know, and you're discovering all these things when you're younger. Whereas I think if you're pushed into like, no, 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 you should do these life drawing classes or something like that, and you might not necessarily like them, it can kind of push you away. And art is so easy to do, especially now, like you can access it from anywhere. They're just going to want to draw the the things that they like to draw. And and that kind of passion and energy kind of fuels someone to grow, I think. Uh, And then... As you get older, there's some brilliant stuff in Cork. Like Cork has been very lucky that, like the the Cork City Library has like a teen graphic novel initiative. That uh, they used to, uh, I I think it's still go- it's still going now, where they like pair writers and artists from different schools and they put them together and they publish a comic. And like the barrier to entry of making a comic now is the is the lowest it's ever been. You don't have to print it; you can just have it online. You just have to draw it, and you can share it to everyone. It's the same with with movie directors. Like if you wanted to make a movie when you were, you know, young before you needed to be lucky that your uncle Mike had a camcorder or something like that, you know, whereas now you can shoot something on your phone and you can make this stuff like you just, just w- once you kind of hit that like 15, 16 age or whatever, it's time to, to actually to, to make this stuff, you know, and bring it out and see what it's like actually drawing a comic. Like my favorite, favorite story in comic books is that there are two, the, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were these two artists and writers and they they spent $500 on self publishing their own comic and they went to San Diego and they sat down at a table with it and you, anyone can do that now at, like we we brought kids to and gave them tables for their comics at Comic-Con you know like these two lads they were hoping to make back their their money on printing the comic books and that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles you know and it ended up being one of the the biggest franchises in the world and they just basically photocopied and s- stapled their comic together and it's just this you know, you know, anyone can do it. You know,
0: yeah, love it. And I think the the this whole Japanese kind of thing with the the manga characters mm. and all that isn't it? it's just becoming quite popular now. Massive now. Open it even more. I mean, like yeah, just, yeah. I see myself kind of doing those kind of things at the moment, and yeah. I don't even know where he's getting them from. But that's just yeah, they're they're taking
1: over well. bookstores at the moment. Like it's it's this huge, huge, huge thing. Yeah, it's great to see. So,
0: uh, so you have uh, last question. You've got Pioneer Town Productions, which you set up in twenty twenty. <laughs> And yeah, what have you? What have you got planned? Well, come on for We've TV a big bomb there. Yeah, come on. Um, a big yeah. There
1: no, def definitely more stuff. Um, like like the most important one to me always will be will be having our our show uh, on RT and getting to do the Irish one because I'll never get anything like even if I had this massive show in America I'll never get personally what I get out of uh the shows here in Ireland where like like it's just it's 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 changed things so like I, I would go to a comic con normally I'd sit down at my table and it'd be spider man fans and star wars fans and that and that is brilliant and I absolutely love it uh whereas now it's 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 mainly like families with their kids and like like the the kid won't believe that like that that was me that's me in front of them because they spend their whole time drawing it, and they, they don't even think it's a real person like it's just this mad thing and it's I'm just being all I'm being doing is like they're coming up and I'm getting like these big A4 binders of these are the drawings that this fella has done. Wow, amazing! And you show, and then two seconds later, there's another person, another person. It's all these kids just loving to draw, and it, it definitely, I think, kind of helps them to to get into it a bit more and stuff like that as well. And that will never hit home more than any than than it does in Ireland. It's just been lovely. Uh, and then you know we're, we're we've 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 a couple of um, think big projects that we're working on. We've like got to. Like I've gotten to, uh, I was over in LA recently, chatting to the big companies over there. And sure, look, we'll 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 see what happens with all of that. Uh, unfortunately, your as much as I love your podcasts, I, 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 that will be an announcement for for a Deadline or the Hollywood Reporter if it happens.
0: Jesus, thought we had it, Jay. Thought this was it. <laughs> this, this is our moment. Get away from my mother. Get some other <laughs> listeners in. Uh, will, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really yeah, appreciate thanks for it. having and me. You know what? That Joe Wicks like got a bloody MB or something, you should get the same for all you did during the pandemic. So there I am. Hashtag we will draw. That's what I'm saying. Let's push it. Well thanks a million.
1: No a worries. Really Thank you.
0: you Cheers.